0: Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Blog Talk Radio.
1: I'm getting down to the sum of this, the sum of that, the sum of everything. Come on, Come on. yeah. Day 32. Welcome to the Sixth Call. This is Miami Six Man. And on your Twitter feed, you can find me on Twitter under at Miami Six Man or the show at CGS here. You can contact the show, ask me to do something, tell me I'm wrong about something, talk about something at here at gmail.com. And uh, today we got part two of my fun, hilarious, and enjoyable conversation uh, with my good friend, uh, The interviewer of interviewers, Mr. James Lott Jr. A uh, quick amendment I found out yesterday from James. He said he was doing the, impa- the impastor after Buzz TV uh, after show this season. Well, that fell through. It's not happening, unfortunately, so we're so sorry to see that. Uh, but, but you definitely got to check James out on everything else he's doing, which we'll talk more about here. Uh, before we get on with that, I wanted to address the, the 45-pound porcupine in the room. I have an Xbox one. I have 72 games that are barely ever touched. I, uh, I see that this week has been premiere week for a lot of television shows, a lot of great shows, a lot of shows that I personally love. Um, The DVR is going, the internet's out there. I've been working, taking care of, 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 of bills and, and taking care of my family and running here and there and everywhere. And I have no idea what's going on with my favorite shows on television. And I don't touch my Xbox. Yeah, I'm 42 years old, and I'm finally an adult. It's happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite to that point yet. Please don't ever get to that point to where you're all studio, like, I don't watch TV. Uh, I'm not there yet myself, and uh, I don't ever plan on getting there, and I do plan on catching up on my TV and stuff. But pretty good sign that you're an adult and don't have time for squat. James Lott Jr. is a man knows all about that. Let's get to part two of our great conversation right now. Okay. Yeah. I can honestly say, I haven't had a bad guest yet, and that's why I, I, you know, and that's something to be said for the guests I get have been good guests because they're, they're the good people who say yes, and they're the people who, um, that don't want to do a good show. Um, you were trying to say yeah. something, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, 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 sorry, no, but that's, that's the thing, you're picking guests that you're interested in, and they're interested, and that that is on you, because you're, book, you're booking your own show, and I book, you know, I book my own show, it's like, get the to find people, who will translate, especially on audio, because there's no, you can't do any props. There's nothing you can do visually <laughs> to get folks to stick with you, right? You have to make sure it's an interesting conversation, or else they can tune out. Right. That's the whole thing. You know, so that's good for you. If you're finding guests that are really good and you're engaged and you're excited, then your show will be success, because everybody will oh, my God, you think so much fun, and they seem fun, and, oh, my God, and, and people feel like they're in on it with you, not just on the outside.
1: Absolutely. You want to make them included.
0: You've got to make them included. And that's what I do with my cameras here at the TV station. I, the camera isn't a camera to me. I'm talking to you. You're with me in the conversation. Because you'll notice on my techniques, I will turn to the camera and make comments. Right. In the middle of shows. I'll be like, okay, you see you see just said there? I'm, like, I will, I'm, I'm talking to my friends. I'm talking to you.
1: Yep, the fourth wall.
0: So, the fourth wall. <laughs> So you're engaged and I, and I'm, to do this. I'm, not, I'm not doing the news this isn't, fucking, this isn't fucking CNN I'm actually talking to you like a regular person in a conversation about television or some kind of you know, thing So,
1: yeah. doesn't that bug you I, I look back and, and I have all the respect in the world for the Anderson Coopers and the, uh, the Barbara Walters and 60 Minutes guys and newscasters but it's always the same interview even if it's a deep good one it's, so what does that mean for you and it just really, it sounds so corny to me when I hear that. It's hard for me to listen to.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a couple of people that I just love to death. They're interviewing. Have you ever get a chance to watch Sam Jones? He has a, um, a show called Off Camera with Sam Jones. It's a white background, two chairs, and him and a guest. I love that show. I Sam love Sam Jones. Style. Love Sam Jones, the bomb. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Larry King. I thought Larry King was always a great interviewer. Um, but you mentioned Barbara Walters. I have to give Barbara Walters credit because I'm a big fan of her work too because she gets things out of people that you don't usually get. She does. If you watch her, she does. She's a master at it. Her questions are kind of the same every time. Like you said they are kind of the same type of questions but she gets the people to talk. They, you know, they open their mouths and comes to Barbara. Um, and then Oprah. Oprah's a person who does great when she does her one-on-one interviews. She works it out. She could get she can get stuff out of you, and that's to me. And, and, it, and they elevate the genre of interviewing, um, and their shows are and they're interesting. So I, I kind of those are those are my big ones. I kind of I kind
1: of look up to. Yeah, once it opens up wide open to the point to they get that reputation that everybody spills. It's almost like you come in psychologically ready to spill, but but they, they still got to guide you there. They still got to get you there. Uh, which reminded me, I wanted yeah. to ask you about this, because I, I totally see this happening for you, James. That's I just want to know what you thought of the, the possibility. Um, yeah. would, you, would you stop doing Super Organizer and Afterbus today if you are offered your own Oprah-style talk show?
0: Here's the deal. I I'll give you a little exclusive what's going on with me right now. I'm actually in talks with a couple of really big production companies um, that I can't really say their names yet. Um, for my own show.
1: Excellent, like TV.
0: So yes, TV.
1: Wow, that so there I, you go. I can tell
0: you guys that I am in talks right now. So it's funny you say that I'm already in talks, and I'm also in talks with producing my own reality show. So not for me, but for other people. So I'm in talks with both of those right now. And wow. I, I want to be a producer. Producing is something that I love doing, and that's where the real money is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I to do that, but um, but yes, no, I. Yes, after Buzz, I have the full support of Karen Negar um, and Ramon Nuño. And if something like that happens, yes, I would have to leave after Buzz. To do that. I would have no problem doing that.
1: Oh, you've already here exclusively. After. You heard it here first. Yes. <laughs> <Yes. a> free... <laughs> Go ahead. Yes, I
0: mean, you know, on Twitter, on Twitter, I've made kind of like a mention that good stuff coming up. But for your listeners, I will tell you. Anybody who listening who's my fans who listen to this, so I will totally throw this question out. That. One, um, that that's I, am, I am in talks. And there are some, there's some things. It's Hollywood, so things take some time. But it's also going happen tomorrow. Who knows? Well, actually,
1: um, I'm pre recording, so it might already be uh, publicly, widely known I by the time it's there. It may happen already. It won't be that exclusive.
0: <laughs> yeah, so who knows? It may, still might be. You know, this is Hollywood. Um, but now, I will say I have turned down some projects already for some other places. Oh, wow. So I, I will not do anything for money. Ah, money is good money. Not all money is good money, and I will not name the production companies. But there are a few who wanted me to not be authentic, and that's my asset: is being authentic.
1: Love it. That's my awesome. Brand. That that but that's
0: Live.
1: that's not your brand. Your brand. Your brand basically is you. I mean, you are your brand. It is yes,
0: exactly. You are
1: maybe one of. The, this is why I I I I'm glad to be friends with you, James, because you are one of the most authentic people I know. Um, especially on the thank West you, Coast, um, and, and a lot of the West Coasters I've spoken to on this show have been some of the best West Coast, the most normal, down to earth, real people I've talked to. And, and you, you top it off. And I, I just want to say when um, when you moved on and you started another show. This show is almost the way it's listed on the website for After Buzz TV. It's almost like a partnership more than a more than like a spinoff. The the Black Hollywood Live.
0: Yes. Okay, yes. Let me explain that to you. Okay, so the, the giant, the, the, big, the big father is AfterBuzz Media. And then AfterBuzz TV started first for television. Then they decided we need something for movies. So there's a sister network called Popcorn Talk. Okay. So I do some stuff with them. Then they decided we need to do something for authors and literary. There's also Book Circle Online Network. <laughs> I, I do some stuff with that, too. I'm one of the people who does stuff for every network. Um, and then, they said, we need some stuff for some black folks. And we decided <laughs> to start Black Hollywood Live. Now, here's the deal. Black Hollywood Live is moving towards more now diversity networking stuff, not just black people. It's kind of like brown, people of all colors. We have white folks on the show. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. So, I came to them last year and said, I'm black, uh, but I'm also multicultural. I'm, I'm Puerto Rican and Dutch also. I said, I want to do some work with your, your network, is there anything I can do? And they offered me a show that had existed a few seasons back that was defunct called Breaking Into. So you're right, it is a part. It's, it's very much the same. It's, 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 it's lateral to my stuff on AfterBuzz, It's so a different network under the AfterBuzz umbrella. So Breaking Into is my show. I produce it, show run it, and host it solo. It's on every Tuesday at 5 p.m. through Standard Time. And that's the show that I'm very proud of because it's very close to my brand. It's about me and someone or people from a profession, and we break it down.
1: Break it down is something that needs to be done, too. And I'll tell you, um, I was going to recommend, because I watched the Scissor Reel for it and, uh, yeah. on, on YouTube. And the funny thing about the Scissor Reel is it starts off with a topic I actually spoke with, with uh, a G.K.'s husband about just recently on the show. was about, um, about race in the police. That was like the first yeah. topic that comes up on the Scissor Reel and it's one of the more important uh, forefront issues in society today is, is, is violence yeah. and, and unity and every, and all that good stuff and bad stuff. And the thing about it was we talked about um, – you know, two white guys talking about this issue, but we're talking about it from every angle. You know, We're trying to cover every angle, and the thing was that if you're ever going to see the perspective – and that's something we talked about. We can never be in the shoes of a, of a black person. And see it from the perspective yep. of a black person. So that's why I recommend a show like Black Hollywood Live, hosted by James Lott Jr., is the one that anybody, white, black, or anyone should be watching. Because yep. you're getting the yep. realest perspective. You're getting someone who's not ready. Yep. You're not ready to attack people. You're not, you're not like yep. you said, you're leaning towards diversity. And when you talk, yep. it's very, very, uh, no one gets offended by anything you say. Because we yep. just know what's coming from your heart when you talk.
0: Yeah, thank you for saying that. I really am very much about, I'm not, I'm not militant. I'm not about anything crazy or anything so far left or right. It's, um, it is very realistic based. I personally have been stopped by police. I have my own, have my own um, history with that as being a black man. I have many stories about that. So I come from a perspective I know what it feels like. Um, but also I, have, I come from a law enforcement family. So mm-hmm. I have both sides of that. And, and my uncles and my my dad, they are all great. They're great cops. They're great people. They're great sheriffs and all kind of stuff. So I come from both sides of that. But I'm all about just bringing a perspective out there to people, for you can judge it yourself later. But here's what I'm gonna lay out to you in a way that's just kind of calm, and let's just talk about it. Right. I'm not here to yell and scream or yell and scream at you or I say anything. You know, to you're like, no, let me just show you. Let me just show you our perspective in a way that's calm and intelligent and real, then you can go from there. It's up to you how you feel about that. And that's kind of, so I'm glad that you, you see that kind of, and that's what, that's what I'm going for I don't. I'm not here to make anybody feel exactly what I'm feeling. I, just want to give you, I want to give you a perspective that you may not know about or may not hear, because everybody, because everybody else is screaming and hollering. And it's like, I don't want to be that person. I want to be a person that's calm. And we talk about it. We talk about it plainly. We just talk about it.
1: Yeah, something interesting, and I think it was strategically done. In that scissor reel, there's an actor, I forget his name, who talks about how he's a black actor, has a Polish father. Who was that again? No, uh,
0: you're probably thinking of my friend, who's uh, no, he was black. I think he was actually Mexican
1: with a Polish father. Oh, wow, he's Mexican, but
0: he looks black. That's well, all, everybody, all, Everybody's all Latin, black, all... Black. Well, here's,
1: here's the, well, here's the point I'm making, is, is I think there was it was a similar type of thing. Basically, you get treated... A lot of times in public, and, and a lot of white people don't believe it. Um, by the color of your skin, more than than your actual nationality.
0: Yes. So yes. you might yes. be
1: white and look black, and you get treated like a black well, person.
0: That's the thing. That's the thing. This, I mean, we all come in all shades and colors. And a lot of these and love there's a lot of multiracial people now. That yep. includes white people. There's multiracial people, and you can come. You can, You can be dark hair with blue eyes. I mean, you can have dark skin and green eye, I mean, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, you'll be you'll, you'll see color first. And if you're brown, yeah. any race, yep. a lot of times the things are directed at you. And what's funny is, just to briefly mention, those two people, I have two, two friends of I've been on my shows, Joe Hernandez-Kolsky, Kolski, is Mexican and Polish, and then my friend Joe, uh, Joe uh, Joshua Silverstein, who is black and Jewish. And they are beautiful, brilliant satirists comedians, and beatboxers, and singers, (laughs) and spoken word. Their show, if you ever come to L.A., their show is just amazing. They have a piece they call My White Dad. Because they each have a white father. They're best friends. They're both biracial. But the one thing they have in common is they have a white dad. But they don't look white. Right. And And through the course of their whole kind of skit, they realize they both are their father. They just look different. Wow. So the whiteness really doesn't matter. It's like that's their dad. So it's a, it's a brilliant piece of work. I mean, it's great piece of work. That's just one of the things they do. So it's funny you bring that up. But yeah, but nowadays we have so many multicultural things happening. And my grandkids look like the whitest kids on earth. And it's just like that's <laughs> just, it just kind of happens. But their, but their genetic makeup is this, this, this. You know, it's all these different things. And it's kind of, you know, genetics are genetics. You just can't really, you know, how that works. I had a white grandfather. I mean, there you go. I mean, it's,
1: it's, you never know. I don't know so. Yeah, so I, think, I think that's a great thing, and I just wanted to say good things about about Black Hollywood Live. Thank
0: you. Thank
1: uh, no, you. The, no, problem. no problem. No problem. I think Thank it's in the tradition. I don't think people think of this. I'm going to say, you know, honestly, as a little boy, not knowing any better, I thought maybe Good Times wasn't a show for me, and then I watch it now in reruns, and I go, there's a lot I could learn from this show if I paid attention to it at mm-hmm. a younger age. So um, that's kind of where the tradition starts for me, is right there with, with good times.
0: but uh, Here's what's funny. I got, to, I got to meet Norman Lear not too long ago.
1: Awesome. He
0: was, that, he was at my friend's show, and he was there, who started Good Times, All in the Family, uh, Maude, uh, Jefferson, he did all those shows. A white guy who believed in showing life, slices of life that were not represented, and it's funny, you say that, you're like, at first, it's not a show for me, it's this. But now you're older, you can actually see, all the shows were universal. It just happened, their settings were different.
1: I think somewhat, also, if for some of the older folks, it was more or less uh, being forced to see something you didn't want to see.
0: Yeah, that's true, okay. Yeah, I see
1: that. I think there's some of that, too. It's sad well, to say, know. but true, you know.
0: Well, you know, I mean, the, the 70s were a great time for television, actually, for yeah. Dino TV. And cool. somehow, we, somehow we lost it. But that was a really great, because they really showed gritty. Sanford and Son was another one. They really showed yep. Chico and the Man was another one. I mean, they really showed gritty, realistic television, and, but it made it funny. I mean, Jimmy yep. Walker was a major comedian back then. I mean, Jay, you know, he played J.J., the dino thing. Um, Carol O'Connor was actually a civil rights activist in real life. Yep. But so he played—he played the biggest bigot on television, and you know, it was just this. Hey, George Jefferson, Herman Hermann played, you know, another reverse racist.
1: Yep, that's true. You don't see that take a lot. That's true.
0: No, you don't. You don't at all anymore. It's like it was moments. Of, the only thing that to me has come close in the last like thirty years. I don't know if you ever watched it. Was Chappelle's Show?
1: <laughs> I was going to talk about that. <laughs> Chappelle's
0: show had moments
1: of brilliance. I'm going to tell you a
0: story, seriously. James. Please. Um,
1: oh, man. Um, the Orlando Improv right here in Orlando. I uh, went there with my wife one time. We saw um, Paul Mooney. Oh,
0: love
1: the that. legendary yes. Paul Mooney. Writer for Richard oh, Pryor. Yeah. And, uh, he had oh, a role. Oh, yeah. Most younger people would know him from The Chappelle Show. Um yes. I, I went to the comedy club again, like, months later with my wife, and we got sat again, across from a, a young black couple. And the wife, uh, the girlfriend on the other side was very talkative. She just wanted to, you know, relate and talk about the club, their first time at a comedy club. And who did you guys see? You saw someone big? Yeah. Um, and I blinked on Paul Mooney's name. Sorry, Paul Mooney. But I blinked on Paul Mooney's name. And I'm like, how could I forget this guy's name? It's Paul freaking Mooney. I know. And I'm trying to yeah. figure out a way to explain who he is to this girl. Now, here's the thing. they sitting there with her giant boyfriend, by the way. And uh, and I said, he used to write jokes for Richard Pryor. so they like, Richard Pryor? I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> so, like, oh, did you ever yeah, watch guess, the absolutely. Chappelle yeah. Show? He's on the Chappelle Show, right? Yeah. Oh, Chappelle Show, yes, I watched every episode. Okay, great. He did that one bit. Um, Ask a um, – wait, no, let, me, let me think of a different one. Uh. <laughs> what then yeah, really, right. no. Um. Oh, he did that one, like, on. On. on right. uh, like, on the Tonight Show with Karnak, you know, where he said it was, uh. Something Dom is, like, Mr. Dom. uh You know what? It's hard for a yeah. white guy to explain something that happened on the Chappelle Show. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. It is. It's totally. Well, you know, it's funny because, um. I was talking about Chappelle Show like, two white friends. They told me about it at first. And, like, either, like, James. There are things I can't say to you. Okay, <laughs> explain it. And, right, and I was like, well, what do you mean? So when I saw that, I'm, I'm going to say this for the viewers, everybody's part of the sketch. I'm going to say this It's called The Nigger Family.
1: Right, how can you talk about it? I
0: can say that right now because I'm black, and he's like, all oh, those nigger lips. And nigger, I mean, so it was, to me, it was this brilliant take on the word. And what people say and the fight—it I mean, was just like it was complete. Or to me, the blind black racist who thought he was white, and the brilliant that that he found out he was black. He dumped his wife, and all and well, good, right? He goes white you dumped your wife? because <laughs> we, we go because he's a nigger lover. Yeah. I mean, like it's just like it was, just, it was just, to me. I laughed on the floor. I mean, everybody just everybody just call Rick James Bridge Park. That's, that's that's one thing. But his other skits. Which you just named a few, of course, uh, Chris. They were brilliant. There were brilliant pieces of commentary on being black and white. vote. it was, just, it was just, i was so sad over the two and a half seasons. I mean, I, I know he was like he went crazy or whatever, but <laughs> I just was like the show half brilliant. Paul Mooney is someone I've watched him interviewed. If you guys know who he is, and anybody black listening to this podcast needs to go find Paul Mooney. Several books out. He's so smart and funny and biting. And smart and funny. I I love them. Oh, my God. To me, Richard Pryor, to me, one of the greatest of all time, black, white, red, yellow, doesn't matter. Because Richard Pryor is a person who could make you laugh about his tragic life. That's what was like the brilliance of, of Richard. Because he had such a tragic life that he could make you laugh about it. It was like no one else could do that. Yeah, and he was a brilliant. He's just like you want, I mean, when he lit himself on fire and he goes back on the Sunset Strip, his famous album and video. It's like he's talking about it, and you're kind of chuckling about what he's saying. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, this is really weird, but like it really works. Um, so when you went to so anyway, so you got me. We started on Black comedians, like, <laughs> on that, but I think it's very cool that you went and saw them because because he he's real, Paul Mooney is really good. He's a, he's a really great comedian.
1: He's legit, definitely legitimate, and he 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 false ended the show like ten times. He did like an hour extra. Oh, it was
0: great. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Um Very Chris.
1: Very <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Well, James, um, well, if you could do anything, what would it be? What would you want to do next? Besides, the, if you get your own show, you're not going to host it. You're just going to produce it.
0: Well, I have, I have several. One, one I will I will, I will I'll produce that host. The other one, I'll just produce. Like
1: produce. Sounds good. Um,
0: what I want, what I want, I, I'll, I say it out loud all the time because I believe things about the universe will so come true. I want to be the male Oprah.
1: Well, I even compared you. Yeah?
0: Well, just that, that's the only thing that we, that's the guy, you know, she's the closest thing to where she has good intentions. Yep. And she's built an empire of programming, and that's what I want. I want fun programming. I want good programming. I want programming that does something And I want to be a part of it, whether I'm starring in it or producing it. That's my end game for James Live, Jr. And I want that to be what I I want to have lots of programming out there for different people. It's very diverse, but lots of fun and heart in it,
1: whatever it is.
0: It could be sports. It could be religion. It could be, you know, interviewing. It could be crazy talk. It could be whatever it is but the people that I have around me will be good. You'll want to watch them. Awesome. And that's what I want to do. I, want to so I remember, see that's big
1: like, things. Before I wrap up, and I hate wrapping up, i got to have you back because we were
0: rolling, man. We we We've
1: so uh, so we so we got more to talk about. What kind of things to
0: talk about? Yeah, we, we haven't started. Uh,
1: but before I end every interview, I do what's called 10 Questions. Think fast. Uh, if you're not yeah. comfortable with the question, you can just pass. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Question number one. What is your favorite part of living in L.A.? The beach. Fair enough. Number two, are you really super organized or is it just OCD?
0: <laughs> great question. I'm not OCD. I'm, great. I'm, I'm super organized. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care that much OCD.
1: Now, uh, seeing as how, number three, seeing as how uh, you just came from a show to be on my show as an interviewee, uh, let me ask you, uh, true or false, you plan your next show in your sleep? <laughs> true.
0: True. <laughs> I work all the time. I work all the time. Uh our buddies at Dead X radio make fun of me all the time. They're always, you're always working on it. So I don't want to think of something, so it's very it's very
1: true. It's true. Uh when you um you're gonna be doing a bit with uh you have been doing one of the shows for DeadX Chronicles, I believe, with those guys. Yes. Which actually takes me into question number four. Uh okay. for you, complete the sentence. Ghost or proof to me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that could be anything, yeah. I'm Ghosts are proof to me that we never really die.
1: That's, that's what I think, uh, to an extent, absolutely.
0: I, I think there's proof there's something more. I don't know what
1: that something yeah. more is. Hopefully it's not like purgatory or something, but uh, something
0: more. God, I hope not, I hope I hope not.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, number five, uh, a sad truth I think we might need to accept. I'm going to ask you, true or false, bigotry will never be completely gone. True, and and we just need to work with what we can, right? I mean, we can't change yeah. everybody, but I, we can we can grow a whole nation of people who are are unified.
0: A whole generation or three would have to die out first,
1: yeah, before
0: we could eradicate any kind of racism or bigotry. that's is sad. This is sad truth.
1: All right, number six, James Watt Jr. Uh, complete this sentence as if it's you talking. I don't like to admit it, but. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't like to admit it, but sometimes I am stuck in my way.
1: All right, that's fair. That's fair. Now, number seven, how many How many hosting gigs are too many?
0: <laughs> I probably exceeded all of that myself. <laughs> um, that's, a really good, that's a good question. I mean, at one time I was doing nine shows at once. Right. That was a little much for me. I'm down to about four or five now. So I'm going to say more than five, probably too much.
1: All right. Uh four and five. There we go. Uh number eight. Uh you've been on many career paths on your way to finding where you are today, which I, I hope to, to to ascend to a level like yours. Uh what's the worst career path you've been on?
0: Oh my god. When I was okay. Um working as a switchboard operator for Morgan Stanley. I love <laughs> people there. And but the job was just, like, answering phones all day long, and people getting mad because they wanted to their broker. Uh, it was, I just, I wanted to kill myself. It was not a fun gig for me. I can imagine. Oh, wow. Yes. All
1: right, and number nine, uh, true or false, this election, with this election, you are more worried now about humanity than you've ever been in your life.
0: <laughs> true, true,
1: true, true. <laughs> how, did we get, how did we get here?
0: <laughs> oh my god, I'm so scared. I really am scared. I'm scared. I'm scared in general about everybody. It's scared. Both sides are scary. everything's scary. But yeah, true. Oh
1: man, time to time to enter your predictions on the end of the world scenario. Um,
0: okay. <laughs> they've all been
1: wrong so far, but maybe you can take a wild guess anymore. Um, number ten. I have the same one every show, and it's all self-serving. But what do you think of the host of Come Get Some?
0: <laughs> um, okay what do I think I think that I think the host Of Come Get Them Is earnest And is himself And is open To the universe In terms of Making this show A good show uh, I think the host Is uh, very caring um, I think the host is Also Has a mouth on him <laughs> Definite opinion <laughs> Definite opinion uh, and I would have it any other way.
1: Excellent, man. That was maybe one of the deepest, most thought-out thought, thought out answer I've ever received. I really appreciate those words, James. I'm James Lott Jr., of course. Hello. You're James Lott Jr.? Jr. You do, yes. Well, good luck with everything. I know to be big, and we will have another conversation, I'm pretty sure. Um, you, you've got some stuff going on, man.
0: I would love to come back on your show anytime you'd
1: have me. I would come back. All right, James. You take care, man.
0: Thank you very much and good luck to everybody
1: who listens to the show. Thank you very much. All right. That was James Ladd Jr. It was a complete honor and joy to have him on the show. Next week, I'm very excited. Um, Real good uh, horror director and writer, uh, Harrison Smith. He did uh, uh, – I'm drawing a blank. He did The Field. He did Zombie Killers. He did uh, uh, Club Dread. And he also did uh, the new one coming out, all-star horror casts. All these horror movie icons like Jason and Leatherface and, and, and so many more Pinhead. They're all in there, and it's, uh, it's an original story called Death House coming out. Check out that, uh, that, that preview on YouTube. It's out there. You can check it out at Harrison Smith uh, on Twitter. Uh, he'll be on the show next week. Part one is great. He's very opinionated. He's very blunt. He's very honest. And he's very sincere, and it's one of the best uh, – one of my favorite interviews because I just love his honesty, and I love his uh, his bluntness. So we'll see that next week. Until then, that about sums it up. Have a good week, everybody. I'm getting down to the sum of this, the sum of that, the sum of everything. Come, on. come, on. Yeah.